Today's show is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. This month, celebrating one year of being the official sponsor of the DVR Podcast Network. Thank you, Cufflinks. Go to Cufflinks.com all November. Use code Disney Plus to save 20% off Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars. Elevate your style when you walk out in the morning. Look good, feel good. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use that code Disney Plus. Also use our code DVR20. Save 20% off your order anytime, no minimum. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Watchmen. My name is Axel and my special guest co-host today is Brian Allen from 25yearslatersite.com. Today we're going to be giving our initial reactions to Watchmen Season 1, Episode 5, entitled Little Fear of Lightning. Tonight's episode was written by Carly Ray, who has written episodes of Mad Men, The Leftovers, Westworld, and of course our showrunner and series creator Damon Lindelof. The episode was directed by Steph Green, who has directed a ton of television, and actually she directed two episodes of Watchmen this season. This is the first. You can send us your feedback at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. Check out dvrpodcast.com so you can find out about our other podcasts like Mine Hunter Baby. And welcome John, our newest patron. John actually reached out, sent me an email of a cool photo he took from the location where the blue phone booth that Lori was in was shot. And uh, now he's a patron. You can become a patron too. Get as many as seven ad-free podcasts a week. Tons of exclusives for as little as a dollar a month. What a deal. Support the podcast. If you're a longtime listener, now's the time. Become a patron. I'm doing a Thanksgiving patronathon. So become a patron. I just created it live on the air. Thank you for all the podcast reviews on Apple Podcast. That has been awesome. Seriously, I really appreciate it. We're like up to 30 now. I love it. That's all I got. Let's talk to Brian. Brian, how you doing? Great, man. All right. Good. <laughs> I'm doing good, too. That was quick. <laughs> He's great. Um, hey, listen. Now, I have been pumping you or pimping you on our uh, podcast with Roberto for a while now because I've loved your write-ups on 25 Years Later site. And I want to try to find out first before we get into the episode, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you write about, your background of Watchmen, Lost, or any of that kind of stuff. And uh, I'll just let you take it from there. Okay. Well, uh, I guess let me start with the site. So uh, it's, it's called 25 Years Later site. Because we started out as a Twin Peaks uh, site, so we were all blogging about Twin Peaks Season 3. It started out about like a month before Season 3 dropped. This uh, this crazy guy, Andrew, on Facebook put out a call and said, hey, anybody want to wanna blog the, the season with me? And a few of us replied, and we were putting out pretty much like uh, at least one, sometimes two posts a day, just... I did a theories piece called Third Day Theories. And other guys were doing recaps. Other people were throwing down and dropping like big theories and just like I said, at least one or two posts a day. Then the when the when the show wrapped up, we kind of started saying, "Well, what else do we want to do?" And then we started expanding, and then uh, started pulling in other TV shows and movies, and then wrestling because some of our guys are into wrestling and we're just starting up a new music thing at the uh with the new year so it's 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 growing it's uh all your obsessions in one place is our is our motto <laughs> that's cool man yeah i was a big yeah. t- twin peaks fan that that's awesome that you came together over a show like that yeah yeah and, and you know it's 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 gosh i mean we're, we're just living in the golden age right i mean there's so much good stuff on prestige tv it's it's amazing yeah totally. so I've, I've been writing i've you know i've done a couple of different theories pieces on twin peaks but then i started writing about some other shows like counterparts i don't know if you ever watched that that was yeah. really great i just wrapped up mr mercedes season three just ended this week so i've been doing double duty on that and Watchmen. that's been uh it's been hectic yeah i could imagine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your background on Watchmen or Damon Lindelof or what kind of clue us in on how much you knew about Watchmen before this started? Because <laughs> you're, you, you are so insightful, dude. I've been telling everybody it's really true. You know, 
there's so many bloggers covering this and you just do it really simple. You run down the characters, what happened, theories, you gather them from everywhere um, I, and you were telling me when we first uh, spoke, you were like, yeah, as soon as it's done, I listen to like 10 podcasts on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing the work. Yeah, I have all the ones lined up who do the immediate uh, quick turnarounds and then I listen to them all. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's, it's exactly it's like four days of total immersion in, in Watchmen as I uh, slowly put out the outline and then start filling it all in and. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I was in the Lost when Lost was on. I actually skipped the leftovers, which now after this, I'm I'm uh, feeling I definitely got to go back and watch that. Oh yeah. Um, but we were crazy on Lost and and doing theories and you know every every Monday we'd come back with all my friends at work and we'd we'd sit around at lunch talking about it, and theorizing on it. We had uh, get-togethers for the finales, so I was big on that. I mean, as far as Watchmen, you know, I read the comic some time ago, and it was a trade, so I, I didn't actually watch it or uh, read it while it was coming out. But honestly, when we went into this, because we were, we were going all in on Watchmen on the site, and I volunteered because I did the theories piece for Twin Peaks, like, okay, well, I'll do something similar for Watchmen, we'll see what it's like. But <laughs> as the deadline was getting there, I was kind of like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really into Watchmen, I, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> Honestly, and then, then when that first episode dropped and I watched it, like, oh my gosh, this is like this is like Lost on Acid. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, so, that's yeah, that's where the leftovers comes in because especially like an episode tonight, where you have this mix of this crazy sci-fi out there fantastical mythology, but then Damon grounds it in this psychological drama that's so gripping. That is the leftovers. Yeah. Every, yeah and I, I mean, keep, we keep on talking about it on this, but it really, he's bringing those elements into it that I think a lot of people maybe weren't suspecting that it was going to be so emotional and deep and resonant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the character, you know, the, this was looking glasses version of Lori's episode. Like Lori just yep. had you, that, that episode just had you all in with Lori. You're like, Oh, she's my new favorite character. Now, Oh, never mind. Looking Glass is my new favorite character. <laughs> I just love him so much now. It's like, wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So I guess the show has won you over, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We're going we're gonna to do an end of year recap. It's like, favorite show of 2019. Like, how, how, I can't, I got to say Watchmen. I know every one of us is going to say Watchmen, though, but <laughs> I got to say Watchmen. Yeah. This has been a good one, man. I mean, yeah. I didn't have many doubts, but it has surpassed even what I kind of thought. And with an episode tonight, let's just kind of get into it. This whole starting out with looking glass and his kind of origin story, because it uh, again, like it's so multifaceted, the layers of the narrative where we see the origin of his crime fighting persona and the mirrors and the looking glass and the material that blocks the psychic waves. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also so emotional and about his kind of recovery. And then they tie it into the whole thing at the end and tell him the truth. It was just, it, it was crazy. But what did you think about that opening in, in Hoboken, by the way, I'm from Jersey. So that <laughs> definitely was not shot in hope. There's no big Ferris wheel like that in Hoboken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was great. I mean, you know, we, we've kind of had the preview scenes. Everybody's been expecting this was going to be a looking glass episode. It's pretty obvious. He was standing in front of a hall of mirrors. Like, this has got to be tied. This has got to be the, the origin story here. But I mean, what they flushed out was, was so much more interesting. I mean, yeah, I wasn't expecting that the whole point of the, the mirror mask is to, you know, uh, shield him from psychic attack or something like that's what a great tie in. That's amazing. Yeah. I felt that the, also the thing where he is so religious and I guess it was Jehovah's witness, right? Right. That, that he was uh, the group that he was with. And that kind of tie to this whole idea, the whole season of um, kind of like groups, uh, cultish groups, uh, people who have different ideas yeah. and him being 
not him first being Jehovah's Witness, going out, being that person, that fish out of water in that place, you know? And then there is a fish out of water. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's pretty good. There is a fish out of water. Um, yeah. It was so resonant. It was really awesome the way they did that. Um, I was real. I was kind of surprised after the whole thing happened that they pulled back and actually showed the squid. Yeah, what an amazing moment, right? That was yeah. fantastic. Like with the tentacles going in and the way it just kind of like materialized through these buildings and covering blocks of Manhattan. That that was a fantastic visual. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's dying for that scene. I was surprised that uh, you know, well, two things that surprised me. One was as you as you rolled back from the um the through the fair, there were other people who were still had survived. So you see one yeah. or two other people stumbling around. But then just the radius too, because you you know, they've always made it sound like it was only New York City, but here's you know, the radius was so big it actually was killing people in New Jersey. That's something that hadn't occurred to me before. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. But it should have occurred to me because this was also very 9-11-esque where you had the people there kind of affected in Jersey from that. Um, I actually watched that happen from Jersey City and uh, it kind of brought back some feelings while I was watching it. And the way that it develops into this anxiety that he has and the whole like alarm system and all that kind of stuff. And then you find out what's under his cap. It's so layered. Well, and you know, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but at the the meeting, you know, they brought up, or was it the meeting or interrogation that they he had brought up? You know, alien squids are dropping on cities every day, and people aren't completely freaking out about this. Like, and and you think about it in that terms, you're like, yeah, there would be a lot of people who would be freaking out day by day. You know, I mean, these squids aren't just squids; they're aliens in in their world. And they're dropping out of the sky every day. I mean, they die in 30 seconds, but how freaked out would we be? I yeah. Mean, and then you think about, you know, he's like, yeah, people just pull over the cart and turn on their windshield wipers. <laughs> that's what exactly what Angela did. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was the conversation at the radiologist. Yeah. And he had at the bar. She yeah. was interesting. And that leads us right into the whole, uh, the whole scam that was played here. And that it's, she was there to bring him to the truth. And we discover Keen is there. I mean, it kind of, how did you deal with all these revelations? Cause you've been writing about the different theories and who may have killed Judd. And what are some of the things that you gleamed from the conversations that looking glass had with um, Keen, but also what the hell were they doing with those experiments? This was like Dharma initiative stuff. I freaking love it. Oh my it. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the blue ball dropping out of the sky. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I mean, cause well, the PPD is already established, right? That the Keens and the Crawfords go way back. And that's, that's exactly what he set up was, you know, he's got the cops and he's keeping them in line. I've got the seven K and I'm keeping them in line. And one of them finally stepped out out of the out of the bounds and shot one of the others. So that was that was I I, I guess you know people have been really playing up this. Oh, Keen's got to be the bad guy. And, and I honestly almost kind of thought, nah, it's it's just too obvious. He's he's yeah, I don't know. But then that that scene, you know, I've listened to a lot of podcasts at the end of the week, and everybody's like that scene where he's just going to be like, hi Angela, I know who you are, you're Angela, yeah, hi Angela, and you're like that is so dirty what he was doing, like uh, yeah maybe maybe he is a bad guy, and now it's like oh yeah mask is off. I loved how he was like, oh am I still wearing this mask? I'm sorry, that's rude of me, and takes the mask off. <laughs> I didn't pick up on it. Did you pick up on that was him before he took yeah. the mask off? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was just so enamored with everything that was going on and the big, all the TV screens with, it was so Dharma initiative like, and I love that kind of weird stuff. Oh yeah. Um, It's like you went right into a hatch, right? I mean, that's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. All those screens. And I like how they, they have that, those interesting color bars too. They always got (laughs) to kind of change it up a little bit. Damon loves that stuff. Um, So he, what he said, he says to him. Um, you know, I came down here that he came that basically 
he has controlled the cavalry since the white knight. Yeah. Right. That, that in response to what happened in the white knight, it was too much. And he didn't agree with that. He's not a killer. He's a politician. So he came down and took control and Judd, his friend took control of the cops and they had an agreement to keep things as they were. And now somebody has messed up that agreement by killing Judd. He says the Calvary didn't kill Judd. He says Angela, either Angela killed Judd or she knows who killed Judd. This also answers our question that the thing at the funeral was definitely a setup. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, that whole thing at the funeral still strikes me as so weird. Like, what was the end game? You know, I mean, why, okay, if it was a setup, why build a real bomb vest? Why put your life really at risk? That is a very good question. And it, 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 it makes me think that the result was supposed to be different, maybe. And maybe the guy throws the vest and kills everyone except for Keen to kind of take them out. Because yeah, or maybe or maybe Keen somehow heroically, you know, pulls something on his vest to blow him up and saves everybody or something. Right. Or disarms him and the vest had to be real in order for it to yeah. work. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, wonder if good. we'll ever find out about that. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. But suffice to say, because of what Keen says and the fact that he admits to being the head of the cavalry, that he had to have known about that in some respect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but, 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 okay. but like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't know who killed Judd ultimately. Yeah. He, so what he, do you, Angela might've done it for crying out loud. So he's way off. So now I think that my theory from the beginning, which was that Judd sacrificed himself because he felt that he had made a deal with the devil or something, the deal with the devil's exposed Judd had agreed to this type of, um, to kind of keep the peace, right. By allowing the Calvary to exist, kind of do their little things, but not do too much, but something, it wasn't just Judd getting, um, Judd dying that was escalating things. What was escalating things was the collection of these batteries and the guy killing the cop, Right. So he says, right. oh, well, he does say one of these yahoos shot up a cop and started making things worse. So there's still the question of Keen also says, I need to ice Angela for just a couple days. Yeah. Right. Which lines up with Lady True's thing. There you go. So what, what do you think's going on there? Is the batteries Lady True? Are these separate events? Are these the same event? What, what kind of theories you've been working on? I, 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 I'm going to disappoint you here. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find at out. At this though. point. Yeah. At this point, I, I, you know, the battery thing still just baffles me because, you know, there's talk about, um, you know, I think the, you know, the McVeigh bombing was supposed to be lithium of some sort of lithium bomb in the, uh, PDP files. And so lithium is like considered, I don't know, like the, the, the thing to build explosives out of in this world somehow. That's in reference to Lori and Dan stopping the Oklahoma City bombing, right? Right, right. And McVeigh was a part of a white separatist group. Yeah. That's, all, I mean, a lot of people still think that he was this lone guy when he wasn't. That was a plot by a white supremacist group that took out that Murrah building. Well, and here you got to figure in the, in the Watchmen universe, it's got to be a precursor to the 7K. Yeah. Right? I mean, got to be some cross flow. That's interesting. So, is Laurie, is Laurie's connection to Keen, and even that was the part she messed up, perhaps, whatever happened at that funeral, or was that the way it was supposed? There's still the the idea of how deep is Lori into this. If she has a background with Keen and she's kind of being, um, in a way, blackmailed, right? Because yeah. of Dan in the the owl in the cage. Does she know what's going on? I don't think so. I mean, I think I think Keen is positioning her in Tulsa for some other reason. I, I liked your theory. That you guys, you guys. 
talking about how Lady True maybe is trying to get revenge for what happened in Vietnam. And in Laurie, you have both the daughter of the comedian and the lover of Dr. Manhattan. So striking her strikes both of them, right? True. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I see that it seems like he manipulated her to be there. You know, I mean, even when he told her to go there, she's like, Ugh, Oklahoma. Because, you know, she obviously doesn't have a very good uh, taste of the place. No, and she's taken over too. I like the way that she just installs herself in uh, in Judd's office. And I want to mention, I always try to pick out the um, the uh, double focus shot that oh, yeah. the split diopter shot in here. And in this, it again was in Judd's office. It's the placard. It's the name placard and Lori in the background, the placard in the foreground is that shot this week. And it was a little, it wasn't as present as say the one with the faucet or some of the other shots, but they always do one per episode. And and that was in this episode. So, so I agree with you. I don't think that Lori is in on this and, but the, the uh, co- the coincidence or the fact that uh, well, I shouldn't say it's coincidence we don't know that Keen is talking about something happened the collection of the batteries something is going to happen in a couple days Lady True say the clock is going to open in a couple days maybe they, are they trying to plan to take out the clock Yeah that could be Yeah you would think it whatever the opening day of the clock maybe is a big public event everybody's counting down to so to speak right but why would keen how would that i'm trying to think of how that would benefit him politically if shooting the cop and judd's death is somehow messing with his plans because it's getting angeline Lori, or these people involved right or does he want them involved that's what that's the confusing part for me yeah, because, I mean, he told Laurie that it was messing with his plans because he's trying to bring the mask le- legislation to other cities. And if everybody likes that, then there's his yeah. run for president. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what? I, <laughs> it's interesting to, 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 fig- to try to think. I get the feeling that maybe the Lady True, I could see her manipulating him without no like when they have when you have an episode where someone is like shown the truth you know by video yeah i almost feel like we are going to get shown the truth like are, is that a signal to us that we're, what we're seeing isn't the truth right and later we'll find out the truth and what happened in that room is keen laying out everything from his perspective that he's controlling everything. He's the manipulate, the grand manipulator now, but yeah. is he, yeah. you know, cause, yeah. well, and did he really show Wade everything? I mean, cause that's true. Ultimately he's using Wade as a fall guy. I mean, once he took out Angela, you know, the last scene of the episode is the cover guy showing up on his door and going in. That's true, man. That, that is true. He lied to him. Yeah, he might have. I mean, he showed him just enough to get him to to win him over to their side, right? Yep. But there could be a whole other thing. And that was, of course, because he had served his purpose. He got Angela out of the way. Right. Um, I hope Wade survives. Take a little break, of course, to tell you about our sponsor, Cufflinks.com. You know, it's just looking over at Cufflinks and checking out their new stuff. Every time there's a new Disney movie, Star Wars, Marvel – They've got new stuff and use that code Disney plus to save 20% off your order all November long. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR. Elevate your style. When you step out in the morning, look good and feel good. Go to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. I just want to thank you all for downloading and listening. And I do want to tell you that you can help support us by going to patreon.com slash DVR. If you're a fan of our podcast, you can get everything we do. On your own RSS feed, you put it right into your app and you get it. All the podcasts ad-free. You get old Lost Mythos Theorycast episode, the film list. Man, we got tons of special episodes that we're always doing and throwing on the uh, Patreon. So help support us. 
Go to patreon.com slash DVR today and become a patron for as little as like, what, three bucks a month, and you'll get like seven podcasts a week. That's a pretty good deal. Go to patreon.com slash DVR today. The teleporting and the testing thing makes me think that that's how they're going to do it. Right. They could drop bombs anywhere they want to and just toss it into a, a window. They're calibrating it. Yeah, that was wasn't that just hilarious though? The whole time you're like Keen's talking to him, and the balls just keep dropping out of the sky. <laughs> and it's he's freaking jump- him. <laughs> he's jumping out of his skin with every one of them. Man, they did such a good re- ah, they did such a good job of developing that, and he is such a fantastic actor that you could feel everything. You know, you could feel yeah. his anxiety, and um, man, that was real. Uh, yeah. The um. I, before we move on, I just did. I want to talk about the stuff we saw of Vite um, and his little adventures. But the video was cool too. Like he, it looked like he was standing in front of the squid's eye. Like I kept on waiting for it to pull back. Yeah, and show like the whole squid. And if you notice, when he entered that place, there were like drawings of the squid's eye, right? There, I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me when he was huh. when he was going into that hideout, and I was like, "Why do they have the?" Like, because it was like a, I think it was like the squid eye, and like it crossed out, kind of like this is fake, you know? <laughs> like they would adopt kind <laughs> oh, of. Oh, are you talking? You're not talking about the big red eye on the wall when he was yeah. snooping around first. No, that's like some sort of symbol or something. That's that same eye that was on the uh, PDP file, the signature between. Um, Keen's dad and, and Crawford or Keen's grandpa and Crawford's grandpa at the end, he's got the, you know, a Klansman MI thing. And then he's got that little eye logo. It's the same one. Oh, okay. So maybe that is that, because that letter was before. Yeah. That was like uh, what, 1955 yeah. or something like that. 55. 54, okay. Okay. I, I see. That's interesting. I thought it was the yeah. eye of the squid, the yeah, one eye. Well, I think so too though, but, but then having an instance of it in 55 is weird. And then the, the 55 one just has a circle, but the current modern day one has a circle with a little dot at the top, like Dr. Manhattan's logo. Interesting. Isn't that, that's crazy, right? And there was a little cast off uh, dialogue between Panda Bear and, <laughs> uh, and uh, who was it? Red Scare. Red Scare. Oh, yeah. that rhymes. Um, and they were saying, I'm telling you, man, Dr. Manhattan is hooded justice. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about the show. Oh, yeah, geez. and now and, was the was the porno was that part of the show or was that a porno he was watching? No, I think that was that was the uh, the American uh, hero story. Oh, that, okay, remember because because remember the the tell all book. You know they yeah. they in that uh, hooded justice was a homosexual, and so now they're showing this homosexual tryst with him, and he's like, "Don't look at me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell whether we were watching the show. Um, because the show did warn that there was a lot of like, I mean, there was a lot of warnings on the show. <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah. So they earned a few of those warnings tonight. Yeah, they're going <laughs> deep on that one, but um, I, I thought that that I wasn't quite sure too if we were kind of alert, like seeing him because also also when the alarm went off and he kind of jumped up for a second, it looked like he got caught watching a porno. <laughs> You know, so yeah. I wasn't quite sure. And I was like, oh, okay, that was actually the show. That was, that's interesting. Yeah, I remember that. And it's interesting that in this world, that is such a question. Who really was Hooded Justice? Yeah. Right? Because a lot of us think it may have been Will Reeves. Yeah. Well, I mean, to some people, right? I mean, Angela was like, you mean the the show? <laughs> like, she's never really heard of uh, even the, the her generation, you know, her parental generation. Yeah, her. that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's well, the minute, that's kind of the way it is anyway, though. And in in, you know, like, I, I think sometimes I'm not sure if that says something about her or something just about how there are always things in popular culture that some people are really hip to, and other people, even if it, you'd think they know it, they don't. Yeah, right. It could be a, a total nerd thing and, yeah. and non, non-nerds aren't into that. Exactly. Like, that's why I was surprised. Like, I, maybe you're referencing when Angela was in the car with Lori and Lori was telling her who she was. And I was surprised that Angela wasn't like, you're, oh my God, you're Silk's back, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. She's like, yeah, hey, I want your autograph. No, she was like, uh, you mean like the Minuteman? Yeah. Like the show? <laughs> yeah. 
That's yeah. interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, Vite. What did you think of this whole scene? Oh, it's just crazy. It's so great. I mean, all, all the theories were like, you know, he's in Antarctica, he's on Mars, he's on Moon. Like, nobody said, oh, yeah, he's back in, you know, he's on Europa, you know, <laughs> a moon of Jupiter. <laughs> like, holy cow. But, you know, I, I feel a little bit vindicated because I was always wondering what happens on the landing. He's got to be somewhere where there's like very little gravity because he, he's not worried about sticking the landing. How do you peg that as Europa? Uh, well, I've only started. I mean, I've kind of been looking at <laughs> – this is what I was doing in, in my uh, spare time after I, I watched it. I started looking through uh, wiki pages and stuff about the moons of, of Jupiter. I mean, there's a couple other candidates, but that's probably the one that they're thinking this is. Well, you remember Europa is the planet in 2001 that yeah. uh, is the most important planet. Yep, and that we're supposed to stay away from. Yeah, that essentially kind of is becoming like a new Earth. And that's because Arthur C. Clarke, a scientist, I'm a huge Arthur C. Clarke fan, um, had always like theorized that the oceans underneath the ice there could be just teeming with life. Right. And actually, he was the one, I'm going to get geekier here, um, who proposed that it could be underwater vents providing photosynthesis for for life or, or to plant for plant life or algae to be created and then later they found those vents on earth and they actually exist in cold temperatures and there's underwater um like oh, uh, yeah. lava vents and such that that heat actually acts as like a miniature sun in that environment and provides the light and heat for life to right. be created Right, and they have life just teeming around them. Yeah, yeah so that's right. kind of interesting that they tie that in and the baby's growing and the thing. Ah, oh, man, I love it. Yeah. I love it all. That's awesome. Okay, I buy that. I thought it might have been – I wasn't quite sure what planet that was. Well, um, I mean, it's definitely a moon of Jupiter, but yeah. Okay, that's cool. I'm kind of sitting here and watching it right now. <laughs> yeah, because it's changed. In the book – well, they changed it. In the film, it's Europa. In the in the uh, I can't remember in the novel two thousand one it's not Europa it's a different moon of Jupiter. Oh really? Um, if you named a couple of them, I would get it pretty quick. But uh, it'd be either Io, Ganymede, or Callisto. I think it might have been Io. Okay, yeah, those are the those are the four big ones. I'm not sure. Maybe it was no. Maybe it was flipped. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like the connection, and I think that that's kind of cool. Yeah, the whole thing was awesome. I mean, I think a lot of people had this pretty correct, you know, that he was in some sort of artificial environment somewhere, whether it was the moon, Mars, whatever, you know, he's out yeah. there now. And of course, we know there's only one person who could do that. Yeah, at this and- point, I mean, but then again, you know, he, he puts this save me message. Well, I mean, two things. One, do you think he timed it for that satellite? Did he know a satellite was going to be passing by right at that time when he wrote the message? Well, Ooh. I mean, he was looking, he did because he was looking at the two, he had two, one I think was his air and the other one oh. I think was a clock. Oh yeah, you're right. Right? So he was flipping them both. And I think one was oxygen levels. The other one was a clock. Or maybe it was some sort – I would have to look at it again. Maybe it was some sort of astronomical thing or thingamajiggy. Right. But it was then – and then he looked up and then it came and he saw. So that yeah. was on purpose. Who so he else? had a timer. Yes, he had a timer. Who? What else did we see? That same well, kind of sequence of events. It reminded me of Lady True knowing when – the thing was going to fall on the farm. True. And he wrote, if you look, I've got to look at it again. Yeah. I've got to sit around. I know what okay. you're going to say. He wrote, save me D. Exactly. Yes. And okay. it's got to be doctor. I mean, I don't know if he has enough bodies, enough time to spell out Manhattan, but I mean, it would seem Dr. Manhattan is the, uh, the rest of that message. But what would be the purpose? Well, be- if that, then he, then, I mean, so, I mean, Dr. Manhattan's is the most likely person who could put him in such an environment, but then why would he be saying to Dr. Manhattan to save him, right? I mean, Dr. Manhattan's certainly the only one who could come out there and save him. Nobody else can save him. That is true. And when you think of D, the first thing that I thought, because I'm thinking more and more that he's working with Lady True, 
and, or that they are, she's a clone or some kind, or like he, she's fulfilling his plan or something. But the revenge thing that we were talking about before is making me think we have these, it's established that they have these uh, teleporters, right? I mean, Looking Glass is able to read off the production model, right? So these exist. Could it be possible that Lady True created this environment and somehow teleported him all the way out there, trapping him so she could take his company and act this revenge? And it is only Dr. Manhattan that can save him because I was thinking Dr. Manhattan's the only one that could put him there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, of course, he has the talk with the game warden about their god and ban- abandoning mm-hmm. them. And, you know, Dr. Manhattan wanted to go make life. But, yep. uh, you know, he supposedly was going to leave the galaxy and go make life, but maybe he was still ruminating on that and said, you know, maybe uh, he's pulling in Arthur C. Clarke and why don't I go to Europa? And <laughs> yeah. And I can make a little bubble and, and make this little, uh, this little. <laughs> and and we do have remember last episode he said i first thought this would be a paradise right so and he later calls it a prison but did he initially think it was a prison um it's it i mean the whole scene was fantastic i like you could see the little like i guess that's like buffalo fur oh i love that suit right <laughs> right so he, he got that buffalo uh and when you land, and he's like, "Yes, I did it." I did, I did. The whole thing was amazing. It just kind yeah. of pops out there, um, <laughs> using all the bodies, just like the Black Freighter. Oh uh, yeah, the right. Comet. That's a, what a great callback. Yes, exactly. That's he's made his own little raft out of the bodies, right? And I, I, I bet you they'll somebody probably already has close-ups of that satellite and see if it says "True" or "Vite" on it. I was just looking at it. I mean, the only thing the only thing they really seem to show on it is that they uh it, it's the reflection of the save me message backwards okay. on the lens. It doesn't look like it. Well, I guess we'll we'll have to see of what I'm just trying to think of what purpose that satellite serves, you know? Who owns it? Yeah, right. Well, you know, I mean if the uh Manhattan you know, destroying the sandcastle on Mars made the news. You would you would hope if this is like a NASA satellite that they'd be a message was seen on Europa. You know. Oh, that's interesting. You're hey, that's a good call. Maybe they have. Maybe these are like news cameras that go around looking for Doctor Manhattan. Well, I just mean you know there would be a press release. You know, this picture was taken by our satellites yeah. yesterday, and it says. Save me, Dr. M, or whatever. Well, they had that. I was making reference to the news segment we saw with the pit, right. with the Dr. Manhattan thing. So that seemed kind of regular. You know, they were just like, oh, by the way, yeah, we got another shot of Dr. Manhattan for you. You know, like, I mean, they did have those guys in those weird, um, like, wasp-like, uh, those paparazzi flying around oh. <laughs> the matharazzi yeah the matharazzi that was right that's true um all right we just got let's see uh we cover a lot of stuff um what do you think is going to happen to angela she took those pills oh. she gets carted away that was so great i mean because everybody's been saying okay yeah sure they may be the memory pill but why in the world would she take them right and she was just put on the spot and just gunks the whole thing down man <laughs> I thought that yeah. was great. I was waiting for her to do it. Yeah. But, you know, she was probably supposed to only, like, take them one at a time. I mean, who knows how many pills she just gunked down. And, and yeah, she's going to get flooded with 20, 50 memories as she sits in a jail cell waiting. But that's going to be really interesting. That would make one hell of an episode, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, they could end up spending the entire episode just doing flashbacks on whatever she just swallowed. And it really sets up. Something that I've been talking about, which is that great issue of the Dr. Manhattan origin story and him kind of traveling through time and explaining things to Lori. Um, And if we get our hero here, Angela, having similar experience and like exposing, Will gave her those pills. If those are his memories or... He needed those pills. 
he was saying that to her. Maybe he doesn't need those pills. Maybe he's becoming younger by some other means. He's with Lady True, right? He could get hooked up to the IV. Yeah. Um, did he give Angela those pills specifically and their chosen memories? And also, how cool is it that there's pills you take that are called nostalgia? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you haven't looked at the PDP files yet, have you? No. They put them out there. There's a there's an uh, a, like a glossy ad for nostalgia. Oh, very cool. Okay, yeah. I yeah. usually don't check that out so soon. You're on the case. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, just and uh yeah, my brain is just scrambled. <laughs> well, the interesting thing I want to say while we're on the drug thing, and I do want to talk about, and I think that if that's what we're going to get, and we're going to get Angela experiencing and kind of hopping through time, uh, like, but separate from it, I think that'd be super cool. And it could fill in a lot of gaps going in, oh. you know? Yeah, it's the passive aggressive ex- exposition, right? Yes. That uh, Lady True was telling Will about. <laughs> yeah. Yep, true. Yeah. True. Oh, so, so oh, those memories, I mean, you know, because what he was accusing her of was the same thing that, you know, she's doing the same thing to Beyond. But those memories that Beyond was experiencing, you know, we, we've had a lot of talk about this. And, and Lady True is, if, she, if she's the same age as the actress, she's too young to have actually experienced the memories of the Vietnam War and having her village raised and having to be forced marched and whatever else. So they've somehow have the ability to extract memories from a generation back or two generations back. Or I think in the, wasn't in this episode, there was some sort of mention about genetic or, um, yes. Oh, dude. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes. Right. The, 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 the guy who was not born yet, when the squid at- for the original yeah. squid attack happened, said that his mother passed on those memories to him yeah. through a, a fo- yeah w- yeah forced inheritance or, of memories or something, which yeah. is what we have been talking about on the podcast. The idea that Lady True was going to like force everyone to relive their the memories of the past, the trauma that other people yeah the trauma, yeah. but then that that. Makes me think like this nostalgia. I want to know more about it because is it just, is it fake? Is it a drug that makes you feel like you had the memory or do they actually have the technology in this world to somehow synthesize your actual memories? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's that, I mean, you're, you're, you're experiencing the memory. That's Uh-oh. interesting, but how do they get it out? You know, like, and how would that play into this other idea of Lady True somehow using that as a weapon against people? Right. Well, then, then is the Millennium Clock a antenna that's going to broadcast it? You know, yeah. Like, like I said in my article, you know, that the the ring around the Washington Memorial. Are there more of these things? Is there like an entire worldwide network that's set up mm-hmm. getting ready for this to hit the go button and broadcast out this trauma yeah. to the entire world? Ah, oh, that's interesting. Even the phone booth, she owns them too. Yeah, that's true. Very cool. I like that idea. Yeah, that is very cool. Um, oh, I want to mention also cigarettes are controlled substances. Oh, yeah, yeah. No smoking. <laughs> and but- yet everybody seems to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the real world too, right? Yeah, um, right. And but I guess the 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 chief of police can do coke during dinner time, though. That's okay. <laughs> Just not in front of the kids. Yeah, you could see a world though where like a bunch of thing, you know, you don't. I mean, it's so arbitrary why things are legal or un or illegal in our world and in our country yeah. that you yeah. could see in this alternate reality where you like cocaine's legal but cigarettes aren't. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> And that for whatever reasons people would say um, that, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm keep on thinking about what you were talking about there with the, with the clock kind of transmitting all this. Um, but going back to um, uh, Vite, if, if he's looking for Dr. Manhattan to save him, that does kind of play into this revenge thing because it gets them together. Right. Yeah. Like right, getting getting the gang back together. Yeah, but then it's like, who is gonna? I wonder what this um this uh I guess is there gonna be a trial or something now that he's a prisoner? He's arrested. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've seen little glimpses of that, so there's some sort. But I mean, what, you know, what, what, they're going to put him on trial to do what? Exile him? You know, I mean, everybody gasped real quick because they thought he was going to kill him right there on the spot, and then, no, no, you're going into custody. We're going to we're going to put you on trial, and I'll be. <laughs> I just, oh, I love the fight stuff so much. Yeah, it's really it's cool. so so crazy. And before we go, I did want to mention one thing that they they talked about before I forget, which is that the the radiologist talked about the movie Pale Horse, about the band that was playing, and that's mentioned I know in the Pedipedia. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I right. guess at Madison Square Garden when the squid fell, and Steven Spielberg made a movie out of it, and instead of the Schindler's List being in black and white, Pale Horses, and it's the yeah. girl with the red coat. <clears throat> I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. That was cool, yeah. I, I I was starting to take a look through the Reddit um, thread, you know, following the episode, and somebody said in that pan back to the uh, giant squid, they even as they went through Central Park, you could see the band stage where the where Pear Horse had been playing. Oh, really? I, I, that's what they said. I got to go back and look at that more detail. That was such a great shot, man. Yeah, I got to. Re- I'm going to rewatch this episode probably tonight. Yeah. Um, Hey, we covered a lot of stuff, man. Is there anything that we forgot or anything you kind of wanted to talk about? Uh, no, no, just, I th- you know, I love the end. Just that, that moment when he throws, you know, he, he gets home and there's the, the alarm device on his doorstep. And he's like, I don't need this crap anymore. Throws in the trash can, walks away, comes back to the trash can, pulls it out. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I should just hedge my bets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, show, it just shows how deep that, trauma was to him yeah you know and the yeah, anxiety quite, quite let go yeah it's interesting and it plays into the part where Vite said like you're gonna have to work with me to continue doing you know so oh yeah, that's so a, oh, Vite, okay Vite, go ahead. robert redford doing the presidency that's crazy oh i thought you were gonna um say there in the p the thing i want to mention is in the pdpedia files they say that they don't know what's what is causing the squid to fall. So it oh, seems yeah, right. like the government, most of the government doesn't know what's causing the squid to fall, but some does. Yeah, and I think didn't didn't Vite say he was gonna have to continue having minor events yeah, to keep the yeah. tension up or something to mm-hmm. that extent. Yeah, so you think maybe that's the, the baby squid fall. Yeah, so it's but then it's like Keen knew because he got high enough, but Petey doesn't know, and other people, and I guess the FBI don't know. So it's interesting that it shows that the conspiracy it's not like okay, the government knows, it's no certain people in the government know, and certain people don't. Yeah, yeah, you got to figure Lori probably at least suspects if she doesn't outright know. Well, Lori knows because she was there when, uh, when Vi- well, well, that's true. I mean, I, yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking about the baby squids, but she must obviously think that. Those oh, okay, are- yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. She she knows. All right, man. Um, yeah, my head's kind of spinning too, but I think that we got through a bunch of stuff and talked about it. I'm going to be looking forward to reading over your article. And yeah. uh, I will definitely talk about that on our show with Aaron on Wednesday, and then we'll be back with Roberto on Friday as well. And next Sunday, I'm doing something a little bit different. Uh, we are going to be doing a live YouTube after show called After the Dust Settles, or Before the Dust Settles, sorry, um, which we did a bunch for Westworld. We did some for Game of Thrones. That's with Justin Thomas. And Hacks Dogma is going to be there, too. They're the hosts, and I am the guest. Um, so I'll be live on YouTube, and that's going to be at, I think, about 7.30 Eastern, Pretty much right after the show ends, we're going to gather our materials and uh, get on the air. And then I will release that as an audio podcast later that evening with, of course, a link. But you can join us live, ask questions. Justin's really good about looking at the chat and answering people's questions. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a while. And this episode is supposed to be awesome. I'm looking for I mean, they're all awesome. Right, we could do it for any one of them, and I'm looking forward to uh, diving deeper into this episode with both Aaron and Roberto. Do you have uh, any words that you want to leave us with? 
Uh, no, we're like I said, uh, uh, 25 years later, we're covering it. We're doing a, a recap on Tuesday. We're doing my behind the mask theories piece on Thursday. Uh, we've been reviewing a different podcast every week on a, uh, a feature we do called what's the buzz. And then on Saturdays, we've been putting out a little poll, usually one or two questions, something like, you know, do you, who do you think is Dr. Manhattan kind of questions and just fun stuff like that. Oh, that, so when are you, when are we all, when are we the buzz? I don't know. I will talk to John and tell him he needs to get you. Yeah, that's right, John. Come on, baby. <laughs> 25 uh, years John, later. John's my theory cohort guy. He, he's been helping me a little bit with this. All too. right. This What's the, the tagline again? Uh, what is the tagline again? It's all your obsessions in one place. 25 years later, site.com. All your obsessions in one place. You can use that for free. Just make us the buzz of the week, baby. Okay. I'm all right. Quid pro all quo. Yeah, squid pro pro quo. <laughs> however that went. <laughs> exactly. Squid pro quo, baby. That was great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for coming on, buddy. Yeah, um, this is a me. lot of fun. And hey, dude, this was your first podcast, right? Yeah, this was my first podcast. That is correct. I think you Look, did fantastic. First time caller. Yep. Oh, yeah, baby. Long time, first time. Um, but we will be back. Wednesday and Friday. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for downloading. Thanks for all those Apple podcast reviews. It really does help. Gets the word out. Thank you, everyone. Our patrons, John, our newest patron, Tay, Gina, Kellum, Bill, so many of you out there. We love you. We appreciate it. Hi, Solo. Haven't podcasted with him. We were just talking about we're going to get back into Mindhunter in January. We got some surprises up our sleeves. Head over to DVRpodcast.com. Thank you to Ready for the Logo. Thank you to Tito for the great music. Check out the show notes. You can get that music. Until next time, peace out. All right, baby, we done. All right. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun, man. That was a great episode.